Hello and welcome to the What Are We Even Doing Here podcast, a podcast that seeks to answer the question of what are we even doing here from a biblical perspective. We are part of the Christian Podcast Community. Check out this and many other great podcasts at ChristianPodcastCommunity.org. My name is Daryl and the Word of God says in Exodus 5 verse 22, Then Moses turned to the Lord and said, O Lord, why have you done evil to this people? Why did you ever send me? For since I came to Pharaoh to speak in your name, he has done evil to this people, and you have not delivered your people at all. And that is the word of God. Now, the reason I read that verse is because I recently had the opportunity to preach the very next chapter, Exodus 6, 1 to 13, where God gives an answer to Moses to his question. And on this podcast today, I'm going to share that sermon, that exhortation with you. So I wanted to give you a little bit of an introduction into the next verses that that I will read and exhort. And there's my phone ringing. I'm so professional. I'm leaving that in here. Hackensack, New Jersey. I don't know anybody in Hackensack. You get these robocalls, you know, they want to tell you to extend your warranty on your vehicle. How do they, why do they think they know that my vehicle doesn't have a warranty? They don't know. Or they try to sell me solar or other things that, you know, we just don't need that stuff. <laughs> anyway, so so I hope the, the sermon, the exhortation will encourage you, will, will have you be assured of your salvation, assured of the promises of God, of who he is, and what he has promised, his covenants. So that's a, a little preview of what's, what's to come in the sermon. So I hope you will be encouraged by what is preached and that you will see and you can rest in the promise of God in who he is and know your deliverance will come. So I, before I do the closing, um, I'd like to thank everyone that continues to support my seminary training with prayer and also with financial giving. So I will put at the end, again, in the end of the show notes, a link. If you still, if you feel led to help contribute to my tuition costs, there's a link you can give directly to Westminster, Philadelphia, and it'll go right to my account, and I appreciate it. But continue to pray that I, I continue and I can be a good husband, a good father, a good friends with people, brothers and sisters in Christ, but also that I find time and continue to get um, good study time in and learn how to be a good minister of the Word of God. So, until next time, I pray you continue to seek the kingdom of God and find out what we are even doing here. Grace and peace. Drive safe, Grady. word of God says from Exodus 6, but the Lord said to Moses, now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh for with a strong hand, he will send them out and with a strong hand. He will, he will drive them out of this land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac and to Jacob as God almighty, but by my name, the Lord I did not make myself known to, to them. 
I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groanings of my people Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who has brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land that I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for a possession. I am the Lord. Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because of their broken spirit and harsh slavery. So the Lord said to Moses, Go in, tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to let the people of Israel go out of his land. But Moses said to the Lord, Behold, the people of Israel have not listened to me. How then shall Pharaoh listen to me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them a charge about the people of Israel and about Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. And this is the word of God. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, may we hear from you today. May you comfort your people, Lord. May we believe your promise. May we believe who you are. You are Yahweh from everlasting to everlasting, unchanging. And your promises can be trusted. Your promises of deliverance for your people. So may we hear from you today. May our eyes, our ears, our hearts be open to be encouraged, to love you more. And Lord, if there's anyone here who has not trusted in your son, Jesus Christ, for salvation, oh, oh, I pray that they will today and be one of your people, that you will be their God and they will be your people. I pray all in the saving name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. From what are you waiting to be delivered? Who, what is keeping you in bondage? What have you been praying to be released from? And when you pray and pray, does it feel like your prayers are only hitting the ceiling? Are you praying for someone else to be released from bondage? Maybe you have a friend or a family member or yourself and you're enslaved to an addiction. Maybe you have a child who is far from God. Will deliverance come? Does the Lord hear you? Will the Lord save? Maybe things have even gotten worse since you started to pray for deliverance. Maybe your own sin has increased. Maybe the addiction has grown stronger. Maybe your burdens have become heavier. The people of Israel who were enslaved in Egypt groaned in their slavery. But God heard their groanings and sent Moses to bring them out of their bondage in Egypt. But this deliverance was not immediate. In the beginning, even more of a burden was put on the people of Israel. The people of Israel, with a broken spirit, 
even began not to listen to God anymore through Moses. But through all this doubt, we can be encouraged in this text today. You can be assured that God delivers his people. God shows us, the Christian, that we can be assured in this text in three ways. One, God reminds us that he is Yahweh, the Lord of the covenant promise. That's verses 1 to 5. Two, God reminds us of his powerful, effective means of deliverance in verses 6 to 8. And three, God reminds us he delivers even when we have a weak faith in hearing and also proclaiming the message. And that's verses 9 to 13. But before we begin that, let's take some background in this text. Back in Genesis, God sovereignly placed Joseph, the son of Jacob, in Egypt through the means of his brothers, selling him into slavery. Yet the Lord was with Joseph. And over time, and through many bad yet providential circumstances, Joseph gained favor with the Pharaoh in that day. When a famine came into the land, the Lord providentially used Joseph and brought his people into Egypt to be saved. But eventually, new leadership came into to Egypt and the Egyptians, and they forgot about the favor that they had on Moses and the Hebrew, Hebrew I'm sorry, on Joseph and the Hebrew people. In fact, they begin to see the Hebrews as a threat as their number continued to grow. In the text before us today, we see God speaking with Moses, a Hebrew, who in the beginning of Exodus was saved as a baby from death by the decree of Pharaoh to kill the male children of the Hebrews. His mother placed him in a basket in the Nile River, and the daughter of Pharaoh finds the baby, and Moses was raised in the house of Pharaoh. But when Moses was older, he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, and Moses struck down the Egyptian. The next day he saw two Hebrew men fighting, and he stopped them. But they said to him, Do you mean to kill us as you did the Egyptians? Then Moses fled to Midian, knowing that what he had done to the Egyptian had been seen. But in the meantime, God heard the groaning and the moaning and the cries of his people and the burdens they had in Egypt. While in Midian, Moses sees a bush that burned but wasn't consumed. When he went and investigated, God calls to him out of the bush and tells him to go to Pharaoh and to tell him to let the people go. God tells him to tell the people that I am has sent you the name Yahweh, I am who I am. I will be who I will be, the same yesterday, today, and forever. And Moses goes to Pharaoh to tell him to let the people of Israel go on a three-day journey to sacrifice to God. But Pharaoh refused and accused the people of being lazy, of being idle, of wanting to go away from their burden of work. Pharaoh then commands them to still make the same number of bricks, which is what they were tasked to do, but without having straw brought to them. And this increased their burden of work. This also led many to being beaten for not being able to accomplish their task. The foremen of the people asked the taskmasters why they had this heavier burden. And they were told it is from their idleness, since they wanted to go sacrifice to the Lord. So the people of God complained to Moses and Aaron for making them stink in the sight of Pharaoh. Then Moses went to the Lord and asked him why this was happening. And here we have chapter 6, the response that God gives to Moses. We first see God reminds us he is Yahweh, the Lord of the covenant promise. So here we have verse 1. But the Lord said to Moses, Now you shall, you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh, 
For with a strong hand, he will send them out. And with a strong hand, he will drive them out of the land. God spoke to Moses and said to him, I am the Lord. I appear to Abraham, to Isaac, to Jacob as God Almighty. But my name, the Lord, I did not make myself known to them. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land which they lived as sojourners. Moreover, I have heard the groanings of the people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, and I have remembered my covenant. God assures Moses that he will have Pharaoh, he will, he will have Pharaoh drive out the people. He will cause Pharaoh to do so with a strong hand. And we will talk more about that later. But why should Moses believe him? The people of Israel are still in Egypt, and things have even gotten worse for them. They are still in bondage to the burdens, and their burden got heavier. The people want to be delivered now. Brothers and sisters, how often have you experienced pain and suffering, or saw a loved one go through suffering, and you've been crying to God only to see things get worse? Burdens appear to be getting heavier. You pray and you pray, but things appear to be getting worse and overwhelming. You're about to quit praying. I will tell you up front, Christians, don't quit. Don't give up. What answers should you look for? What answer does does Moses receive? He hears from God, I am the Lord. God reminds Moses again who he is. In the ESV and most English translations, we see the word Lord with all capital letters. Some translations may even say Jehovah, and some might say Adonai, which also means Lord. But in the Hebrew, we have four letters, Y-H-W-H, and the fancy word for that is the Tetragrammaton. But we often say that as Yahweh. This is the name God is saying he is. I am who I am from everlasting to everlasting. I am who I am, I will be who I will be. I am God, Jehovah, Adonai. God reveals himself to Moses, as he did at the burning bush in Midian. God tells Moses that he did not even reveal that name to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They knew him as God Almighty, El Shaddai, the one who would bring comfort with his might. But God reveals this name to Moses and to the people of Israel who are in slavery in Egypt. What is in a name? The Bible, we have meanings in names in the scriptures. God reveals himself in scriptures by his name. He tells us his names and it reveals his character. God tells us who he is. Brothers and sisters, God has revealed this name to us. We know him as Yahweh. He is the God who is, who always will be, the great I am, never changing. But God goes even further to reveal himself to us as Christians in the New Testament. While the Old Testament begins to unfold this trinity, we have the New Testament where we see the revelation of God as the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. God is triune. He is one in being or essence, three in persons. Again, why is this revelation of God's name matter because God is reminding Moses and he reminds us Christians that he will do what he says he will do we need to look to his name when it seems you aren't getting your prayers answered look to his name brothers and sisters the reality is we have sinned against this mighty 
everlasting God, Yahweh, the holy God. We don't deserve to be delivered. You broke his commandments, yet deliverance has come in the name of the triune God. The Father, out of his grace, chose you for salvation to save you from your sins against him and the penalty deserved, which is eternal hell. The Son took the punishment you deserve, suffering hell on the cross. The Holy Spirit regenerates you and brings you to repentance and faith and sanctification. May he grant you repentance and faith today if you have not trusted in Jesus Christ. Trust in his name. Trust the Deliverer. Your gracious, undeserved salvation is a triune work in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Therefore, his name matters. He has a name that can be trusted. Brothers and sisters, keep looking to his name. Keep looking to his character. The Lord goes on to give Moses even more reason to trust him. He reminds him of his covenant promise to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. Verse 4. I also established my covenant with them to give them the land of Canaan, the land in which they lived as sojourners. God promised to give the descendants of Abraham the land of Canaan. He reminds Moses he will not go back on his covenant. God has spoken. He will do what he says. Brothers and sisters, we also have a land promise, a land that Abraham was truly looking forward to beyond the land of Canaan. In Hebrews 11.8, the word says, By faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go into a place that he was to receive an inheritance. And he went, not knowing where he was going, By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. For he was looking forward to a city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. Brothers and sisters, while the land promise was for the people of Israel, it was given to them. The promise was also for us by faith to receive a land and a city to come, whose designer and builder is God is God, a heavenly kingdom come down from heaven. Yet here on earth, we groan, we suffer, we still fight sin, we struggle, and the struggle seems overwhelming. Where is the hope? Again, I I say, don't give up. Keep believing the promise of Yahweh. Verse five, moreover, I heard the groaning of my people of Israel, whom the Egyptians hold as slaves, And I remembered my covenant. God hears the groaning of his people. His people at one time favored by the Egyptians when Joseph was given privilege by Pharaoh. They were forgotten by the new Pharaoh and seen as a threat, again growing in number. As they became more and more, they were put under bondage and enslaved to work. They groaned in their slavery. But this text says God hears their groaning. God remembers his covenant. Not that he forgets like his memory slips, but God knows his people, his chosen people. God knows his gracious covenant that he made with Abraham, with Isaac, and with Jacob. Brothers and sisters, God hears your groanings. The pain you are in, the illness you battle, the addiction you fight, the prodigal child who rejected you and rejected God. The Lord hears and knows because you are his people in Christ. In fact, in Romans 8, 26, it says, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, 
because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Christians, in our weakness, the Spirit intercedes for us. The Holy Spirit, God himself. We cry out, we groan, and the Spirit groans with us. And by the will of God, the Spirit comforts us. And we see again the work of the triune God. Deliverance might not come speedily, but God's will be done. God is sovereign, and in his providence, he will deliver you for his glory. Brothers and sisters, God remembers his gracious covenant he made with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to bring them into the land of Canaan. These men did nothing to, do, to, to merit deliverance, but he also remembers and knows his covenant in the blood of Jesus Christ poured out for Christians. You did nothing to deserve deliverance from his wrath. You were under the bondage of sin against God, but if you trust in the finished work of Christ, you have now been set free by grace through faith in the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Christians, remember God has forgiven you. He will never leave you or forsake you. He poured out his wrath on his son for you. God loves you, Christian. Brothers and sisters, even through all this, you still may be fighting sin. You still may be groaning for deliverance. As Paul writes in Romans 7, Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. And then Romans 8, 1, There is therefore no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If you are a Christian, you are forgiven all your sins. Though your sins are like scarlet, you will wash them white as snow. You are delivered. But the Lord's wrath still abides on sinners. And if that is you, you are in bondage to sin, but you can be set free today. Turn to Christ now. God reminds us who he is. God reminds us he is the covenant-keeping God. He is Yahweh. He is immutable. He is unchangeable. He will keep his promise, and he will deliver his people. But how does God deliver his people? Here's the second point. The Lord delivers through his powerful and effective means. Verse 6. Say therefore to the people of Israel, I am the Lord. I will bring you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians, and I will deliver you from slavery to them. And I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and with great acts of judgment. I will take you to be my people, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God, who brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you into the land I swore to give to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. I will give it to you for possession. I am the Lord. The Lord says to Moses to remind the people again, again who I am. I am Yahweh. I will do what I say I will do. I will deliver my people from slavery. How will the Lord do so with an outstretched arm he will be active in the delivery of his people he will be so active he tells them that he will do so with great acts of judgment he knows pharaoh and the egyptians have done horrible acts against the people of god he knows pharaoh will not let the people go very easily he sees the hardness of pharaoh's heart the lord will also harden his heart even more as exodus continues on and the Lord says back in verse 1 of this chapter, Now you shall see what I will do to Pharaoh. With a strong hand, he will send them out. And with a strong hand, 
He will drive them out of the land. There will be, continuing on in Exodus, ten plagues brought upon Egypt. And each one of them goes against the gods that the Egyptians worshipped. God will show his power and his might in the process. And with each judgment, Pharaoh's heart gets harder and harder. Brothers and sisters, the judgment of God is on sinners. You are guilty of sin against God. You have broken God's law. You are no less guilty than the Egyptians and Pharaoh. But if you trusted in Christ, that judgment has been placed upon Jesus Christ, his son. If you haven't, the judgment is on you. But I urge you to trust in Christ. Judgment is coming. The sentence is hell. But Jesus took that hell for sinners who believe in him. Christians, while you groan in worldly pain and sin, God has delivered you from his own judgment by placing the judgment on Jesus on the cross. The great plague of his wrath has been taken. The Lord's outstretched arm has pulled you in like a loving father while he crushed his own son in a great act of judgment. Unbeliever, however, you will be crushed by the judgment of God. Now we see in verse 7, the Lord promised to bring the people out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. He promises that they will be his people and he will be their God. And this is another echo of the promise to Abraham in Genesis 17, 7, when it says, I will establish my covenant between me and you and your offspring after you throughout generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God to you and to your offspring after you. The Lord says to Moses, Tell the people to look to what I have promised. I am Yahweh. I will do what I will say. I will fulfill the promise to you who are the descendants of Abraham. You will know that I am Yahweh who is from everlasting to everlasting. I will do what I say. You will have the burden from the Egyptians lifted from you as I deliver you out of bondage. I will take you into the land I swore to give to your fathers. I can and will do this because I am the Lord. But this promise was to the people of God back then. What does this have to do with you and me? I'm glad you asked. If you are a Christian, this has everything to do with you. The Lord in this passage is speaking to you as well. He is reminding you over and over of his covenant promise. He is your God. And Christians, you are his people. Listen to what the writer of Hebrews says in Hebrews 6. Verse 17, so when God desired to show, me, show more convincingly to the heirs of the promise, the unchangeable character of his purpose, he guaranteed it with an oath, so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have fled to, to refuge might have strong encouragement to hold fast to the hope set before us. Brothers and sisters, your circumstances are real. The pain you have is real. The loneliness you may feel is real. But if you have trusted in Christ, you have a hope that is real. This is not a hope based on a promise that will not be fulfilled. This is not the promise of a father who says he will be at your baseball game but never comes. This is not the promise of a mother who says she will always be there but she left you. This is not the promise of a spouse who promised to be faithful in sickness and in health until death do us part but they were unfaithful with infidelity. This is not the promise of a friend 
who says they will have your back, but when times get tough, she bails on you. This is the covenant promise of God that we see started back in Genesis and fulfilled in Christ. God is not a liar. It is impossible for him to lie. He is who he is. And you, believer, have fled to him for refuge. In fact, he came and took you to himself. He called you out of your bondage of sin. He took you and your heavy burden from sin. And as the Savior Jesus says to you, take my yoke upon your shoulder. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. Brothers and sisters, the Lord is powerfully active in your deliverance. You may not be able to see it now. You may feel like the Lord has not delivered you. Don't just look to what you see and how you feel. I know this is easy to say, but often hard to do. But look to the promise of the Lord. Look at what he said he will do for his people and what he has done. Not by your strength, but by his strength and power to deliver you for his glory. Brothers and sisters, the Lord has chosen you from the foundation of the world. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. But in this life, you will have trouble. But take courage. Be of good cheer. Take heart. Jesus Christ has overcome the world. So when Moses went back and told the people all the Lord had said to him, how did they react? Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, and they rejoiced and they celebrated that we will be delivered from slavery. No. That's not how they reacted. Verse 9, Moses spoke thus to the people of Israel, but they did not listen to Moses because they're broken spirit and harsh slavery. So here is our third point. God reminds us he delivers, even when we have weak faith in listening and and proclaiming. The people didn't listen. Moses tells them that he has been sent by Yahweh, the self-sustaining God who is I am, the God who always was and will be, the almighty God, Jehovah, Adonai, who made a covenant with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob to bring their descendants into the land of their own possession. Moses assures them of all of this, yet they don't listen. The increased harshness in their labor has broken their spirit. Moses goes and tells them of this great deliverance coming from this great deliverer, and they don't listen. All they see is what's right in front of them. They are broken in their bondage, in their labor. This is a much different reaction than when Moses first went to them. In Exodus 4, verse 31, when it says, And the people believed, and when they heard that the Lord had visited the people of Israel, and that he had seen their affliction, they bowed their heads and they worshipped. Brothers and sisters, you may have listened to this sermon up to this point and heard of the God who is from everlasting to everlasting, the God who made a covenant with Abraham and fulfilled in Jesus Christ, in whom you have come to believe in. When you first came to believe, you were excited and you worshipped. But now maybe your burdens are heavy and they're too much. Your addiction, your illness, your family life, your loneliness, maybe young ones are feeling a battle with bullies and it's overwhelming them. And you pray and you ask God for help and you don't see the help come. Perhaps many of you continue to struggle with sin and have a broken spirit. Sin keeps coming and you struggle to mortify the old man. But now you simply don't want to listen to one more word. Christians, let me first remind you of this. You are here. 
You have come to the right place. You are surrounded by brothers and sisters in Christ who love you. The word of God is being proclaimed. You are hearing it in the reading of it. We are singing the word of God. We are hearing it prayed. We are praying the word of God. You are hearing the proclamation of the word of God. The Lord is here. The word does not come back void. Brothers and sisters, hear this word. From Psalm 34, verse 18, the Lord is near the brokenhearted and saves the crushed in spirit. In Matthew 5, 3, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. You may feel the weight of the world is on you. Your burden is too heavy to bear. The Lord is near you, believer. If you have trusted in Christ, he has saved you from your sin. He has saved you from hell. The kingdom of heaven belongs to you right now. The Lord shows us here in this passage that despite the crushed spirit of the Israelites, the Lord promises he will deliver them. Despite your weakness and downcast spirit, Christians, and despite your sin against him, the Lord has saved you. Thanks be to God. He doesn't count on us to make the first move to deliver us either. Remember this. It is not the strength of your faith that saves you, but the strength of the God who saves But even Moses, the one the Lord chose to lead the people, struggled with doubt, even though God spoke directly to him. In verse 10, So the Lord said to Moses, Go in, tell Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, to let the people go out of his land. But Moses said to the Lord, Behold, the people of Israel have not listened to me. How then shall Pharaoh listen to me? For I am of uncircumcised lips. Moses begins to be upset that the people of Israel are not listening to him. He's gone and spoke the word of the Lord to them, saying who God is and talking of the covenant promises. Yet the people don't listen. Moses is tasked again to go to Pharaoh. And he is even more doubtful of his ability to speak as he refers to his lips as uncircumcised. His lips are unclean. They are of no effect in speaking to the people of Israel or to Pharaoh. Brothers and sisters, maybe you're not feeling a burden yourself that is breaking you like the people of Israel. But perhaps you have been sent to speak to those who are broken by their burdens. Maybe you've even been sent to speak to sinners and call them to repentance, but they won't listen to you. When you speak with your friends, they won't listen. Their burdens in life are heavy upon them, and you have the answers. You have the words of eternal life. You have the gospel of Jesus Christ. But they only see the weight of their circumstances. You begin to doubt yourself as Moses Moses did. You begin to think you are inadequate and wonder if God is really sending you to speak. Verse 13. But the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron and gave them charge about the people of Israel and about Pharaoh, king of Egypt, to bring the people of Israel out of the land of Egypt. The Lord heard what Moses said. He knows the people of Egypt or the people of Israel didn't listen But he gave Moses and Aaron a charge to go to the people and to go to Pharaoh. Moses isn't wrong in saying he has uncircumcised lips. His lips are not worthy nor effective on their own to announce the word of God. My lips are not worthy or effective to proclaim the word of God. Your lips are not worthy or effective on their own to complain and announce the word of God. Yet God tells Moses and he tells Aaron and he tells us, to go and tell of him. This message of deliverance is no longer just for the people of Israel and Egypt. This message for deliverance 
is for all nations. Jesus says in Matthew 28, 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Just like when Moses went to the people, the people we go to may not listen to us. Their burdens may be many. Their love for sin has blinded their eyes, closed their ears, and shut out their hearts. But we have been charged. The Lord, Yahweh, will deliver his people. It wasn't the speech of Moses and Aaron that convinced the people or persuaded Pharaoh. It was the power of the Lord. It is not our cleverness or smooth speech that will save people. It is the power of the Lord. Remember, the Lord Jesus says he will be with us to the end of the age. Brothers and sisters, you can be assured God delivers his people. He is the Lord. He is Yahweh. He is the God of the covenant promise. It is his powerful, effective means that save and not our strength. The Lord delivers even when we have a weak faith after hearing and even when we have a weak faith in proclaiming his word. If you have trusted in Christ, you have been delivered from bondage. You are free from sin. You are free from death. You are free from eternal hell. But if you haven't trusted, you are still a slave in bondage to your sin. You have sinned against the Lord and his arm of judgment will come upon you. But Jesus, living a sinless life, took the judgment of the Lord for sinners who trust in him. And the outstretched arm of the Lord will pull you in as a loving father. Today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your hearts. May you be brought out from under the burden of slavery. May you see that though you have been hardened by the world and your troubles, that the Lord has promised deliverance. He will save his people. He will save all of his people. May the Lord open your heart to believe the promise of deliverance that it is for you today. Believe the promise of Yahweh. Turn to Christ and be set free. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you reveal yourself to us in your name. In the name Yahweh, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. And through that, you promised to deliver your people. You promised to deliver the people of Israel, and you did. But they continue to rebel, Lord. But you promised to deliver us through Christ. But often we rebel. But Lord, we need to look to your promise of who you are and your grace. Because our sins are many, your mercy is more. May we come away from here today loving you more. May we go out and tell of your word, no matter what. May we look past our circumstances. We know they are real. We know there is pain. But you are there with us, Lord. You will not leave us or forsake us. We are your people and praise you that you are our God. I pray all this in the saving name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.